Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Well, hello, I'm talking about self-improvement today, and we're diving into how self-improvement goes along with what the Bible says about denying ourselves and taking up our cross daily to follow Jesus. And that's in Luke 9, 23, when Jesus is telling us, you know, if anybody's going to come after me, you're going to have to deny self. You're going to have to take up your cross to follow me. That's what's going to have to happen if you're coming after me, if you want to come be with me, if you want to be anything like me, deny the self. And I, I have talked about the difference between the spirit and the soul and the body and how they're all connected but they are very different. The difference, the dividing between the soul and the spirit is like the, the division between the bone and the marrow. They're connected, but they are separate. And when we look at what is the self and we consider the self to be when we're living our lives led by our soul and our body, what the Bible considers our flesh, when we're only taking care of self without being led by the spirit within us, by God, by the redeemed spirit, because we believe in Jesus. As Christians, we believe that on the cross, Jesus died to pay for all of our sins so that he could be the bridge to the father. So we could be connected back to God because he died and he rose again and went on to ascend back to heaven. He, he left earth so that Holy Spirit could dwell with each one of us as believers and be the indwelling spirit within us. When we accept that and we believe in Jesus, now the spirit that was once dead in us is born and it comes alive. And our souls have been leading us, that our souls, you know, our personality, our thought life, our beliefs, our emotions, our imaginations, and our individual will. That's our soul life. And that has been making decisions all of these years and sometimes decades and, you know, quarter, half centuries. We are led by our soul. And so that habit, that's who we are, right? But when we accept Jesus and the Spirit of God now lives inside of us and makes us his home, we're the vessel, well, then we have to practice letting the Spirit rise up and lead us. And the soul and the physical body don't always want that. (laughs) They don't want to be led. They want their way, right? Well, in self-improvement work, What we're looking at is the difference between living our lives for ourselves and trying to improve ourselves outside of Jesus or 
if we are Christians looking at self-improvement, that means that we are taking into consideration that as we become more aware, healthy human beings, that our souls, when we're more aware of what our soul wants and how out of alignment it is with God and his will, and we allow the spirit within us to rise up, to start leading us, to start informing our soul. Well, the improvement part is the, hey, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Hey, I'm doing things that are good for me. And that assists me in being more available for other people, for service unto God and unto others, right? So all of that said, (laughs) it's different for a Christian to pursue self-improvement than it is for the modern day self-improvement movement, really, which is more self-focused, leading us away from being like Jesus, trying to be like, you know, our own, um, be our own gods. Well, that's not our goal. In Christian self-improvement, our goal is actually that our self would would become more like Jesus that our self would become healthier, not more focused on self, because the boundaries have changed. If we're a Christian and we're looking at becoming healthier, more whole people, then it means that we're intentionally pursuing the real inner work that is called transformation. It means we're pursuing renewed minds. It means that we are putting on the whole armor of God, And we're determining what does that actually look like for each one of us, right? We do things because Jesus calls us to them because we are servant-hearted, helping-hearted, and focused on becoming more like him. And even Jesus withdrew to spend time with the Father and tend to his spirit and his soul. And we have to ask, like, what's that look like for us? We have to ask the Father, How do I take care of this vessel that you designed specifically for me? How do I pursue spiritual and soul growth? And how do I submit to your will and get lined up with who you are? How do I become more like your son who's revealing the father to me? That's the goal. Those are the questions we're asking when we seek out self-improvement. It's not to become more self-focused. It's to become more Jesus-focused and aware of the hindrances of God's love and the truth of Jesus Christ in our lives. But you know why we want to know about those hindrances? So we can move them out of the way. So we can tell those lies to go back to the pit of hell. So we can cast off anything that's not true and put it at the foot of the foot of the cross. So let's consider that what everybody calls the self is our body and our soul. And those things are, um, they're in restorative processes. So our spirit has been fully redeemed at the time of choosing Jesus and allowing him in our lives, right? But the, the soul is starting to undergo a restorative process for the rest of our lives. The soul doesn't suddenly become perfect. It's just paid for. <laughs> the body doesn't completely become healed because the body is going away. It's not eternal, right? And 
it's going to dwindle because that is actually how God designed our bodies to function so that we would not live forever outside of the garden with in a sinful world. There is a time limit, right? So it's totally possible to be self-focused and only think about how to improve our bodies and minds and personality and our inner life. But I guess I'm making an assumption that my listeners are here because they love growth-mindedness in all areas and they love Jesus and want to serve him and the world around them, right? So I'm going to keep going with that assumption because even if you're listening and this idea hadn't even occurred to you, now it has. And I just think that you're probably going to choose the path now that you know the path is an option. So we can be self-serving and self-focused as Christians. We can be out of alignment. We can be unhealthy. We can be unaware also. And we're capable of sin. So obviously the answer is, yes, we can be self-serving and self-focused. And we all are at times. It's a simple, hey, Jesus, sorry about that. I was going the wrong way. Please forgive me. Shoop. All right, 180, go the other way. We're designed for our souls to change. We're designed for repentance. The real question is, do we consider self-service and self-focus actually to be sin? And I think that God is the one who decides if what's going on in our inner life, in our innermost being, in the hearts of who we are. He's the one that really knows what that is. And he's the one that knows if you're in sin and brings the conviction of the Holy, from the Holy Spirit to let you know if you need to repent and go the other way. But I also believe that our souls are growing from grace to grace. We're working this whole salvation thing out. And we continue to seek God and therefore become able to make more wise decisions about that that we're pursuing. And I believe that giving a measure of focus and care to ourselves is what helps us be sustained and capable of service to others. It's not leaving one out and only allowing the others. It's having awareness of both and balancing that the one that exists to serve the others. And you know... Some of you probably have already have the thought process, <laughs> but the analogy of put your own mask on, if the, if the mask falls out of the roof of the plane, put it on so that you have enough oxygen to be able to help more people put their mask on, right? You knew I, you probably knew I was going to have to say it, but that is the power of tending to yourself simply so that you have more to give around you. And tending to ourself is what makes it possible to tend to others. If you neglect you and your own soul care, if you neglect your self-care, if you neglect your body care, not to mention your spiritual care, if you neglect them, there's less of you. And ask anybody with compassion fatigue or adrenal fatigue, fatigue, um, fatigue, if leaving their self out of the picture and not paying attention to their self actually benefited them or others long-term? I can tell you the answer. (laughs) So this is why I teach on the difference between soul and spirit. It's why I want to make sure you know that your soul still matters. And I don't want you to live under shame that you need to tend to your soul. I've read articles about 
how self-care and self-improvement are stolish. And some of them just left a real bad taste in my mouth. I've heard some people talk about it as if we should be ashamed that taking a day of rest for ourselves or even getting, you know, a massage or a pedicure or getting hair done is selfish. That's, in sorry, maybe it is for someone, but in general, those things are not selfish or sinful unless the Lord is saying, do not do these things. That's, that's where sin lies is God says, don't do it. And if God has convicted you and told you that a pedicure is selfish and you should never do that and that on your days off from work, you should be serving at the ministry downtown, that's yours and you can't give that to everybody else. But I think most of my listeners, you're probably not the people who are condemning people who get self-care. You're probably more the people who don't recognize how valuable self-care is to you and your walk and your ability to give more and pour out because you've been filled up. And I believe that your soul care has to do with spending time with the right people. And obviously, I would say one of those right people is um, Jesus. So, you know, who's, um, who's to judge what's in your heart and when you're going after something? And doing something for yourself. Even you might find it difficult to know why, but God knows. He searches the hearts of everybody. He alone knows your inner drive, motivation behind all that you do. Even doing things to serve other people can actually come from that soulish, self-focused place. So It can't really be determined that somebody getting a pedicure and taking care of themselves is selfish because other people can be selfishly serving other people because of what they get from it, right? So I'm suggesting that we tend to our whole selves, not just the spiritual realm, but we also tend to our bodies and souls because let the spirit within you lead you in how your body and soul best is taken care of? How do you go after improvement or health or growth or personal development? How are you supposed to do that? We need to tend, need to go after the growth and the health in an effort to become more like Jesus. If we don't grow more like Jesus, if we don't operate in with intention and become more like Jesus through our own effort, Well, how do we, we don't just suddenly become like him without trying. We don't suddenly become Jesus like Jesus, more like him, revealing the character and nature of our father without actually doing the work of getting to know him and doing the work of digging up whatever is out of alignment or a hindrance to God's love and moving it out of the way with truth. The book of Psalms, I think is what you can call the soul book of the Bible. And it's it talks about the soul again and again and again. And you know, David, King David's ever popular, you know, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul line. <laughs> it's, it's There's all kinds of things about the soul because the soul is important. It's not to be cut out. It's actually part of how we reveal the character and nature of God. And God breathed his life into Adam and Eve 
and they became living souls. This means the soul or the self, it matters. It's where all the good stuff is. That's like our father because we're made in his image. We have a personality like he does. We have beliefs and thoughts and imaginations like he does. We have emotions and a will just like our dad. And for us, it fits in the container of the soul, which connects our spirit to our body. God doesn't need a container because he doesn't need to manage those things. He's a spirit. Jesus had a spirit, a soul, and a body when he was on earth. He became the son of God, the son of man, walking in a body to take on and know what we were experiencing, right? So take the Enneagram, for example. It's a personal development tool. Can it be used outside of the pursuit of Jesus? Absolutely. But it's also an amazing tool. It is just a tool that gives us language and awareness of our soul. And then if we're willing to open our eyes to it, it actually shows us how we begin to set aside the soul and see the true spirit within us that points us to who God created us to be, our original design. The goal of the Enneagram work isn't to remain a type, you know, one, eight, four, um, so to speak. It's It's actually revealing to us there's a difference between the type, which is actually a mask and a narrative. It's the mask with the belief story we we believe. It's a mask that we wear that is designed from the narrative belief system from childhood. But there's a masterpiece underneath it. So what we're trying to do is get rid of that mask. (laughs) That's the the kind of self-improvement we want to do. We want to discover what kind of mud and markers and oil has been thrown on the masterpiece and we want to get rid of that stuff, right? And we want to see the original design and the spirit within us fully alive and become aware of it and embrace it. It simply allows us to become aware of our soul, tend to our soul, align with Jesus and find rest in God alone, like Psalm 62, 1 and 5 says. But without Jesus in the Enneagram or any other personal development tool, there's no, there's no true, absolute transformation. There can be change. But Jesus, his name is transformation, right? The Enneagram is simply another tool that helps develop our soul and ourself. And many use it in just that way. But when it's paired with the truth and the revelation of who God calls you to be, it really becomes a tool that helps pull back the blinders and develop self-control and self-denial for his sake and learn how to enjoy the fruits of the spirit because we are able to move outside of the soul realm that is hindering growth. Our soul is like our operating system and our, our spirits like the CEO that decides when and how the operating system works. But if the soul rises up and shuts down the voice of the CEO, then the operating system starts making the decisions and leading. But when the CEO is the redeemed spirit within us, the operating system functions well. When when the CEO is making the decisions, when the CEO, that spirit, God, God within us, Emmanuel, dwells within us. And when that redeemed spirit is, is guiding us, and telling the operating system what to do. We get the best results. And 
we do the, you know, the operating system does the job better with the CEO's voice than it could on its own. And if the CEO has its way, then our soul's development will actually be on a path that leads to life and serves God and bears fruit in the earth. But if the CEO is ignored or shut down or cut off, the operating system will create a path going forward that will serve self instead of God. So let this show you that the operating system, your soul, isn't to be cut out or squashed. It's simply meant to be the follower, not the leader. Imagine if your computer or your phone or other devices, maybe Alexa, began to direct your life rather than doing what you told it to do. (laughs) Rather than you being the CEO, Alexa's like, no, I'm going to lock all the doors. I'm not going to even let the cabinets and the refrigerator get opened. So... Mm, Yeah, and there'll be no water for at least five days. I wonder if you'll make it, (laughs) right? No, you're the boss. You get to open the cabinets. Alexa didn't get to lock the doors. Well, anyway, that's probably some other kind of problem we'll have to deal with in the future. (laughs) I don't know. Um, We aren't really taught to give attention to our soul in our lives, right? So we don't really know about the level of health of our soul until we suddenly know something is broken. And when we finally realize what is not, something is not working well, even if we can't put our finger on what that is, and the operating system starts slowing down or doing the wrong thing, we stop and wonder, I wonder what the heck's going on? how to get here? It's because there's been no self soul care, no self-care, no self-improvement work, no soul attention. And Even as I say this, let me again remind us that the soul attention alongside Holy Spirit is fruitful. Soul attention without him is harmful, lacking at best, evil and dangerous at worst, okay? And because of sin in the world, your soul has been impacted and broken, torn, fractured, judged, slandered, everything. Your soul needs care and compassion And you're the only one responsible for this, right? You and me. We work alongside Jesus to bring healing and walk in truth. And we're looking more at developing our souls personally rather than improving the self for the sake of self or because a guru or the world tells us to, right? Jesus is the only guru to listen to. He pulled the ultimate improvement stunt. He gave us the ability to do the one thing that truly improves us, which is allowing him to be Lord of our lives. That is Christian self-improvement. Then we go on to develop in that restorative process of our soul, who we are through the pursuit of growth and health in Christ. And whenever we're building something for ourselves, it can only stand for a certain amount of time with, and, and it won't withstand any kind of shaking, right? But when we build a life built on the rock, no winds are going to move it. No storm's going to flood it. No lightning can strike and burn it down. So that leads us to the conclusion that your spirit, your soul, and your body, they all matter. They all need attention. And wanting to grow and be healthier holistically is a wonderful pursuit. Every once in a while, simply take your pursuit to the Lord and ask him if anything's out of alignment. Are you doing any of these things out of selfish gain? Are you doing them for yourself rather than for service in an out-of-balanced way? Are you pursuing growth to prove something to the world or pursuing health in a prideful manner? Are you striving? Are you leaving them out of it? If the answer is yes, 
you don't even necessarily have to change the outward path. You have to shift the inward path. Clean the inside of the cup, right? Your heart just needs a shift. You can clean the outside of the cup and still have a dirty inside of the cup. So once you shift your heart through repentance and submission to God's better way, let the right CEO lead you, you'll find that your outward path will naturally come into alignment more fully. So I think that Christian coaches, counselors, and pastors, and I mean the ones who are actually pastoring people, not necessarily the entrepreneur who built the church and runs everything, I believe they are soul workers. We tend to the souls of other people, and there's a great measure of discipleship in this, if you're willing. There is hope and truth bringing and abundant life and joy in it. And it's the difference between me building a coaching business in order to build my kingdom, buy my mansion, drive my Bentley, really want that Bentley. I don't know. God's going to have to, that's a supernatural miracle the day he gives me that Bentley, blue one, please. And the difference between that and then me building a coaching business that's going to reach many with the effect of transformation and truth through Jesus. It's a kingdom mindset. It's not a me mindset. When I slip into the me mindset, God is still really good at reorienting me and guiding me back to him because his kindness always leads us to awareness and repentance. He's the restorer of our soul, like Psalm 23 says. So to answer the question fully, what is Christian self-improvement? It's accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord and allowing Holy Spirit to work in you, bringing all things under his reign in your life. Because he absolutely loves you. This means the pursuit of growth and health in any way all points to him and is purposed to serve him, benefiting both the world around you and you. God loves blessing you and giving you favor. And the highest blessings and greatest favor come from him, not from manifesting it through our own striving. So believe in him, friend, that he's for you no matter what's happened to you, no matter what you've done. His grace was poured out to give you eternal life and your debts were paid for on the cross. Like King David said in Psalm 57, awake my soul. Let your soul wake up and love God and let it grow in pursuit of him. Let the fruits of the spirit inform your soul and let the abundant life overflow from you to make an impact on the earth. So until next time, Remember that God is the restorer of your soul and the improver of yourself. He gives your soul a grassy, peaceful spot to lay down in. Even in the midst of trial and pain, your soul can find rest in the storm, regardless of how deep into the sea you are. And yes, you're called to care for this vessel he gave you, this soul, tend to your soul and take care of yourself and grow as a person and become healthy every day as a Christian. God loves that you want to do all of these things. He just wants to be doing them alongside of you so you can co-create this story together and bear greater fruit than if you were doing it all alone. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives, find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. 
see you there.